Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 4. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they seek to change the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris, and you can find me at EwokKiller on Twitter. I play Finnegan Finn Tempest, a tiefling trainer, which is a Skyrend original class supported by the Metalweave Games supplement Baby Beastry. Finn is the trainer of Cerulius, a blue guard drake. Hi, my name is Nate. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk, and I am currently hosting Cade, the demigod of the land in my brain. Hi, I'm Shannon. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, the god of rebellion, and I am a half-elf bard. You can also find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. The Duke's Lament is playing host to a number of visitors, including several miners who shouldn't be allowed to drink. The metallic building echoes with the sound of Tonk tuning his lute and the laughter of Morello and Mahogany as they try their best to convince the bartender to at least serve them some squash ale. Tanisha, the bartender, turns them away with a warm smile and a playful stomp of a foot. She appears to be an older human, perhaps in her 60s, with graying hazel hair and the kind of wrinkles that come with time and hard work. Looking behind the bar, however, you notice she has a horse tail and her old dress covers a pair of horse legs. At the far end of the bar sits the owner, the exceptionally withered Duke Everhart. The old dwarf has been almost entirely turned to bone by the withering. Even the beard that hangs below his waist has been ossified. Parts of his bony exterior seem to have been painted in drab hues, already flaking away in some places. If it weren't for a low voice coming from his permanently open mouth, you'd have trouble telling he was alive at all. The Duke's Lament itself has also seen better days. It's in no danger of falling down. No, dwarven craftsmanship is better than that. But it has been a long time since it was properly cleaned and polished and maintained. Dirt and grime covers many dwarven runes and decorations. The windows and doors creak in the breeze, and there's a gentle tilt to the whole floor. After your startling fight against several bizarre-looking plant creatures, which turned out to be some kind of evaluation, you also have time to get to know new faces from both sides of the battle. The diminutive fiend, Rhystos Ohelia, had no intention of killing you. But he also didn't seem to mind if you suffered some major injuries. While he claims to wield no great power himself, he has offered to help Arnus with his new divine power. With Darvin having a demigod inhabitant, perhaps this training could be useful to both of them. But right now, Rhystos is trying Tanisha for a drink, seemingly unconcerned by the earlier events. On the other hand, 
The tiefling Finnegan Tempest and his drake Cyril fought bravely at your side. The two of them seem to have battled side by side many times before. However, Cyril is not in his prime. Being of dragon blood, the withering has left its mark on him too. The progression of the bone across his scales has hardened and slowed him. But as everyone makes their way inside, what would people like to do? Beer. Beer. Okay. As Arnis and Darwin head straight to the bar, Finnegan, who's been around here for a while, takes his duster off and hangs it on a hook by the door. And anyone looking would notice that his pants have a gold military stripe down the seam. His left shoulder has a patch of a silver wyvern diving down. All other like rank and insignia of anything of military style has clearly been like ripped or removed, except on his left arm is a very crudely hand-stitched symbol of the god of rebellion. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and as he walks up to join Arnis and Darwin at the bar, Finnegan will take out a little hunk of food. It's like a small piece of bone and meat and just kind of toss it towards the fireplace and Cyril will scurry over and like start chomp chomping on it and curl up in front of the fire. Mm-hmm. All right. So as the three of you approach the bar, Tanisha turns to you. Finnegan, welcome back. Hope it wasn't too much trouble out there. See, you met some new friends though. Plenty of them. What do you folks have? What's good here? Uh, well, the house special is the squash ale, of course. Uh, I'll let I'll let Finnegan tell you if it's any good, though. Hi, it's the best thing in the bar. I tell you what, myself, these two, they drink on me. The little one over there doesn't drink at all. <laughs> Risto shakes a tiny fist at you. It's like ah, playfully, not malevolently. When I get my drink, I just hold it up to him and go, now we're even. <laughs> I like how one little drink snub is even for an entire battle. Gotcha. Well, I mean, he did fix the road. So. Oh, and I won. Rystos says, Rabillo fixed the road. And it was a draw. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> Tenacia will pour all of you a pint. You can sit wherever you like, here at the bar. Pick yourself a table. There are some travelers here in the bar, mostly just folks on the road, going from one place to another. No one really stays here, besides, of course, Tenacia, the Duke, and apparently Finnegan and Cyril. Tenacia will just say, if you need anything to eat, just let me know. I am... I... I get my glass in my hand and I and I raise it to Finnegan and I say to new friends and thank you. <laughs> I say, Hi, I'll drink to that. And I raise my glass, clink it down the entire glass, drop it on the bar and say one more. Damn. And I immediately look over at Darwin and go, I think I've met my match here. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to sit at a table, or are you going to stay here at the bar and chat? And um, in either case, what is being discussed here? Once I get my refill, 
I will uh, mm-hmm. gesture Tarnus and Darvin to follow me to a table near where Cyril is curled up in front of the fire. Okay. I guess the Duke's Lament has a fireplace. <laughs> it, a common, in the common room, I mean, not just in the kitchen, but I'm totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. It is warm in here then. Toasty. Metal walls are great at reflecting heat. I'll, I'll, I'll follow. Darvin as well? Yes, yes. Wonderful. I'm going to get to the chair. I take the chair closest to the fire. Being a tiefling, I have no problem with the heat. I think I kind of enjoy it a little. I kind of absentmindedly reach down and, and petting Cyril, as I say, Aranis, I'm glad you all finally made it down this way. I'm sorry. I don't believe we've been properly introduced. I'm not exactly <sighs> sure, like, how you know my name. I mean, I can guess, but, like, uh, I, I guess it's nice to, me- nice to meet you. Oh, yes, because I introduced myself to... No, I think it was to me. um, Originally to Rystos, but yeah. My formal introductions are not too much my thing, but I am Finnegan Tempest. This here is Aurelius. Color, cereal for short. And I, uh, well, let us just say, I am no friend of Malthus. I'm sorry, what now? (laughs) It is no coincidence you found me here. I figured when you left the capital, eventually you'd be hidden south. Okay, wait a minute. Let me take a pause. I want to make sure that I heard you right. Did you say that you were a friend of Malcius or no friend of Malcius? (laughs) No, no, no friend of Malcius. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that'd be the best. I'm a good friend of him. I also have a chunk of Darwin on my neck. I clearly stab, stab. misheard, and so I was like, wait a minute, I just want to make sure that I am accurate and that I misheard. Um, okay, sorry. We're, mm-hmm. we're back in after my boneheadedness. Um, I... <sighs> that's a... That's a shocking deduction. How... How did you make it? Well, it's not, uh... Not like everybody doesn't know that Malysis has made enemies with you and Darwin with his, uh... The amulets, whatever those pieces of junk are that his people wear. Well, I mean, they're not junk. You tell me you don't know what they are. They're abominations is what they are. Well, I mean, that's true. They're they're pieces of Darwin. Oi, how does that work? Um, that, my friend, is a very long story. (laughs) But you're right about the abomination part and the fact that they're not supposed to have that power. That makes them right hard to kill. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, let me get this straight. You've been, like, posted up here, just literally waiting for us. I well, I pick up an odd job here or there. I've been doing my best to pr- protect the uh, proprietor over there. From any uh, ne'er-do-wells, any of the uh, conscription that might come through. But you've been waiting for us. Why? Why? I mean, besides the whole, like, abomination thing. First, that there's that. I hoped to sign on with y'all and head down there and give him what's coming to him. Oh, well, we're going to do that. And the second was the hope that you might be able to help Cyril here. Uh, you mean, like, cure him? A year out of God? Are you not? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <did> you, <laughs> you 
you saw what happened out there when I like tried to wield magic and it basically like sprayed everywhere on like everyone, right? Like it just went nuts. I, from what I hear, you're not one whose affinity lies for the destructive. You're more of a healer, you're not. Well, I mean, that's that's true. I have I have tried on my own to simply like heal the withering. It doesn't work. As far as I can tell, the only thing that's going to work is time. Have you tried since you become a god? No. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, given what just happened, you're going to want me to get a little training under my belt before I before I try to heal Cyril. Because, <laughs> seriously, I can tell that she's your best friend, and I do not want to screw it up. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, there is only so long we can wait. She's not getting any better. But she's not getting any worse. Yes, that, that is true. But for what she does... I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying that as a positive. I'm just merely, like, trying to understand where she's at. I, The plating is slowed, but it's not getting better fast enough for what she does, for what we do. Well, let me try to let me learn a little bit more about how to actually like wield my power and then I'd be comfortable trying to help her. Arnis, I will stand by your side. I will aid you however I can with my knowledge of the arcane because I know you can do this. There's a lot of people that have a lot of confidence in me. (laughs) Um, You should have it in yourself. Not many can can take down a duke and then a god and then a king. Uh, The order's a little odd, but (laughs) they're impressive, man, Arnis. Um, I think it's important to note, first of all, that I didn't do any of those things alone. Um, I just happened to be the person that never shuts up. So, um, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, so there's, there's that. Um, and Arnis is just going to take whatever's left in his glass and just like finish it off. And when I see you do sure that, to say. <laughs> I finish mine and I go, I'll get us another round. And I take your cup and I take Darwin's and I go, you better finish that boyo. Come on, keep up. <laughs> It's finished. I don't. <laughs> and I go and I get another round for the table. As he does mm-hmm. that, I turn to Darwin and go, I don't think I can keep up with this guy. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> As Finnegan is away and getting more drinks, Rystos flies back over and just lands on the table. He's like, seems like you might be needing a little assistance sooner than expected. Hmm? <sighs> if you want to help your new friend. Yes. I can leave still. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not like I'm in a rush to go back and see the other guys again. Who knows? Maybe you'll be one of the good ones. Maybe can't promise one of the smart ones. None of them. Uh, But maybe a good one. You calling me dumb? Uh, Arnis roll persuasion. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. <laughs> oh, oh. 
Well. <laughs> that would be a 33. <laughs> Risto says, oh, I, I don't know you well enough at all to call you dumb. So I'll hold that judgment. Just speaking based on experience. Wait, you mean with gods in general? It gives a little nod. Mm-hmm. You, huh. You saying that gods in general are just dumb? Just like one of those little fake, like, looks out of the corner of his eye upwards and just like, mm, mm-hmm, and just like nods again. Mm, like it should be obvious. Seriously? I mean, have you met gods? Oh, I have. <laughs> I don't know the dumbest word I would use to describe them. Arrogant. Selfish. Yeah. They don't strike me as dumb. You have a very interesting way of looking at things, don't you? Indeed. Indeed. Hmm. If you can, uh, drums his fingers together, if you could, uh, get me a drink, we could start right away. <sighs> Look, I'm a guest in this tavern, and if, uh, that dude, as I gesture to, like, Finnegan, says you're not drinking in here because you, like, tore up the fucking road, then it's not my place to say otherwise. Hmm. He, he drifts over to the side a little bit. What about you, Darwin? You give me a drink? Oh, good. Teach you how to maybe talk with Cade a little bit clearer? Yeah. I mean, he's getting something from you. You might as well get something from him, right? It's true. I'll be, uh, I'll be right over there. And he goes and just rests himself on the mantle above the fireplace. All right. Finnegan, whenever you're ready. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think as he does that, I walk up (laughs) and I drop a glass in front of Arnis and Darvin and one in front of myself. And I have a small little highball style glass filled with ale. And I sit out on the table and I put it right in the middle of the table. And I sit in front, this little tiny fiend child. He's not a child. <laughs> oh, I know, but I'm going to treat him like one. Um, God damn it. <laughs> and Fair. I say, uh, I say, oh, yeah, little one, would you like something to drink? Of course. All right. Then tell me one thing. What are you? Hmm. He flies over and he stops just like a foot above that little glass. I am Ristos. I am a fiend. And I have the unfortunate pleasure of working for the gods. I have done a lot of research. I've learned a lot of things about the different creatures of this world before. I've never learned anything about anyone like, or anything like you. I don't get out much. I won't, won't drink much either if you don't tell me a little more. What, what are you looking for there? Um, mm. He's, I was debating if he was going to call you like Finny or something, but he's not there yet. Because he wants that drink. Um, yeah. What are you looking for, Finnegan? Just curious how one as insignificant as you can be so important to the gods. Small. Not insignificant. Oh, you're clearly working with borrowed power. I'd put a wager on the fact that toe-to-toe I could take you out, even with what I've already spent today. Um, You would win. You would certainly win that wager. Hmm. Not a fighter. So again, I say, as insignificant as you, what warrants you being so important to the gods? I don't know if important would be the word I would use. I'm just, uh, 
Knowledgeable. Knowledgeable. Then now we get to it. Mm-hmm. I would think someone like you would appreciate knowledge. I, I do. Knowledge is quite important. It uh, led me mm-hmm. to my abilities. So what knowledges do you bring to the table if you're joining this conversation in this group? I know... Mm. Finnegan. Finnegan. Roll persuasion. No, please make me roll persuasion. Are you good at it? Oh no, I think I'm good at it. <laughs> so I haven't looked fully over your character sheet. It's a 13 out of the die, so a 13 total. <laughs> ah, love that plus zero persuasion. Um, what was the question again? Whoa. Oh, what do you bring to the table? Oh yeah, um, I know the rules of the gods. And I know a thing or two about how they work. I know a thing or two about how they operate their magic. Aye. All right, then. You can drink this. He, he will gladly take it. Thanks, Finnegan. He'll take the glass. He'll go fly back to the mantle. He'll just drink it at a leisurely pace. So, um, <laughs> is there more that people want to discuss or do here in the tavern right now at this moment? Or in the next hour, I should say. You know, let's treat this like we're having a short rest here. What do you want to do at this time? What else, if anything? It's, uh, that's a lot of quiet there. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually know. Okay. If there's nothing else you want to discuss within your group, if you don't want to go have any chats with Tanisha or Duke Everhart, or if you don't want to harass any of the random traveling patrons who are here, we can zoom through the rest of this hour. And if people, if people want to roll hit dice during this time, we can treat this as a short rest and get some health back. Whatever else you get back on a short rest. Yes, I think if no one else is going to do anything uh, or have anything to say, Finnegan is going to take to playing with Sarah a little because that's mm-hmm. one of the things I have to do. Spend some time training training her today. Oh, and it's a very simple game that I think she really likes. I have minor illusion, so I like to like conjure images of her favorite toy and have her like chase after it and then make it disappear and then make it appear in another place and she chases after it make it disappear do you do that here inside or are you going outside it's not like she gets like super rambunctious it's just she kind of stalks after it and then pats at it it's like a a hunting not a like chasing game i just want to know where we're at in case training doesn't go well yes i understand need to open that document too while this happens, Tonk is playing his lute in the background. So Chris, Finnegan, I'm still new at this class of yours, seeing as it's a little, uh, a little custom. It is a, so more to speak. than a little custom. Mm-hmm, more than a little. Is there a role you have to make for this training? Yeah, I did not have the document ready. I thought it was going to be more time, so I'm just going to need a second to pull it up. Okay, no problem. Darvin, Arnus, would you like to roll any hit dice to heal up? I would. Yes, please. Okay. Tonk. Ah, Tonk does know Song of Rest. Ha ha ha. So if anybody wants an extra d6 on their healing while they roll their hit dice, they may. Nice. Wait, does that stack on top of the d10 people get from me? Um, are you going to play a duet with Tonk? Yeah. Then yes, it will. If you want to get up there and play with him. Two songs of rest. He will cast his magic mouth. He will play his song. You can join in. You can have a trio of 
I got a 28. I'm sorry, a 25. With your party, we've kind of created a quick custom table here to give them special bonuses when they're interacting with you, since no one here is really at your level. Uh, Tonk has this bond at a three right now, so we'll give him this plus three to the roll. (laughs) Tonk rolls a one. Oh no. I was like, that laugh, it's either really good or really bad. Right. Tonk crit fails. Uh, Why does he crit fail? What happened? I think he wasn't expecting me to play. I think it was that. I I was definitely on the fence between, oh snap, Arnas just got up and started playing with me, and maybe Morello snuck him a drink. Tonk is actually the oldest of the children, but that doesn't mean he's been drinking at all, ever. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think for now, we'll just keep it as he is not drinking underage. He is just startled that Aranis got up and just, you just went very, you went in a different direction than he was going. You are playing more complexly than he's used to playing. And he tried to keep up. He tried to do something fancy and his fingers are just tripping over himself. And as you're playing, you can hear him like playing softer and softer and softer. And he's just like pulling back mm-hmm. till he's eventually just sitting there with his lute in his hand, just kind of doing a little percussion on the side of it. Just a little doom, doom, doom. Oh, poor talk. Can I like, can I give him like a little bit of encouragement? Just like kind of give him a look like it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. No problem. So yeah, between, between you, Arnis, and Tonk, there's a D10 and a D6 on top of any other hit dice that people are rolling. Um, Lovely. Darvin, how many hit dice are you going to roll? Um, well, the first one didn't go so well. Um, hang on, I'm still doing math. Probably a couple. Okay. I want to say you were at, like, a hit point. Well, or... I, had, I had got some healing. I was up to 23. Oh, that's right. Arnis did that mass healing word thing. Okay. God, I'm not rolling this die anymore. Mm-hmm. Finnegan, you're more than welcome to roll hit dice as well. Finn doesn't need to, but he's going to need to roll him for Cyril. Okay. Uh, we'll wait till we get there, the updated health from Aranis and Darvin before we talk about this training. I also do not have that document open. I should find that. Yeah, it's the baby beast tree that I shared with you, and it's on page 18 of the doc is where it goes into it. It's pretty intensive, but the quick summary is I basically pick what skill I'm using, and the DC depends on its dis- the creature's disposition at the time. We did not talk about it, but I figured Cyril's either friendly or loyal right now. Did we not? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, before we get into that, let me grab something real quick. So yes, I guess now is a good time as any to say that Finnegan's class is indeed a custom class, and it relies in part on the baby bestiary from, and I hope I get these names correctly, Andreas Walters and Kyle Carty at Metal Weave Games. And this is used for the beast side of his class. In this case, specifically, Cyril is his Drake companion. Uh, so let's take a look at training. Because this is new, should, uh, what page is that training on? 
starts on 18 in the PDF. The PDF page is 19. Ah, here we go. Training regimen. And I believe we have this set in your class that it's required at least once a at least once a day when you're taking a rest. We're not going to do this for every single day that passes because obviously we're going to zoom through time at some points. Um, And then there are training modifiers based on the number of animals you have with you. If the regimen is disagreeable or not, if you give them a snack that they like or don't like, uh, the environment, how much time you're spending with them. If you've gone through this regiment before, what their temperament is, and yeah, and another environment one. So yeah, so you only have the one animal with you at the moment, so we don't mm. need to worry about that modifier. This isn't a disagreeable regiment, so we don't need to worry about that. I would say the environment is neutral. Mm-hmm. You did give them a good snack that they like. Uh, we'll see how long those last. <laughs> so that good snack lowers the DC by two. Um, we're not going to say you're low on rations. Um, quality time. The animal companion master has spent a considerable amount of quality time with the animal companion. The DC of the next training check decreases by one. Yeah, we'll lo- we'll give you this minus one as well because you've been hanging out here for a while. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes moving forward. We're not going to worry about this being a repeat regiment just yet. And then there's the temperament. The temperament. What do we have for temperaments? Is it loyal, friendly, indifferent, distrust, and hostile? Oh, no, the temperament's something else. Hmm? The temperament's something else. That's the one that we rolled for before we created the character. Oh, that's the the other thing, the temperament. I have it here. That's right. Um, Where'd it go? Timid. Timid. Yeah. Cyril's a little little timid. I mean, starting to turn to bone will do that to you. Yep, and Timid is a plus one DC. Okay, so the base DC for a friendly creature is 10, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so we get a plus one from being Timid, and we get to 11, and we lower it by two for the snack, and we lower it by an an additional one for your quality time together. It's a minus three, making the DC an eight. Very achievable here. Which should be. We're in a good position, the two of us, right now. And I've rolled a 10. So thankfully, it was an 8. All right. It's a fine training regiment, then. Cool, yeah. Um, um, which means we I have no mishaps, a... which is good. Let's see if I can find training in your class doc here real quick. Ah, here we go. Creature taming. On a success, creature gains benefit of your training and may improve their disposition towards you. That's not the case at this time. It was successful training. Their disposition is staying the same. And you may gain the usual benefits of the rest as well. Very nice. Cool, yeah. So uh, I don't need any hit die, but uh, Cyril definitely does. Mm-hmm. So I am going to use my shared respite to spend some of my hit die to heal Cyril. Okay, um, let's, let's talk about shared respite. Uh, without going too deep into your class... I will read the shared respite, and then, Chris, as you're rolling your hit dice for Cyril, you can tell us a little bit about your class. Just externally, however much Darwin mm-hmm. and Arnis get to know about this, you know, that's up to you. But I think it would benefit us just kind of knowing what you're about. Mm-hmm. Shared respite says you've learned to restore the health of your creature companions by channeling your own reserves to them. Beginning when you select this methodology at level 2, You may expend your own hit dice to heal a creature companion during a short or long rest. 
When spending hit dice this way, add the creature's constitution modifier to each roll. So, that's not a normal thing that classes learn. What class even are you, Chris? I am a very fun class that Scott and I built together. I am a creature tamer, or a tamer as we refer to ourselves. And I started my training as a wizard in the Wizard Academy. And very early on in it, realized I had a love of the creatures and critters that I was working with to get components for, and instead shifted my focus to working with them and making them stronger. So I sacrificed some of that wizard path to take on creatures and make them better and stronger to fight with me. It's like a wizardy super ranger. Because <laughs> my creatures, I train them so that they can become better. So they are gaining levels almost like a, like a companion character as opposed to like a ranger's companion creature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little beefier, a little more versatile companions with you. And uh, as I mentioned before, this class on the creature side relies heavily on the baby bestiary from Metal Weave Games. I'm sure we'll provide a link. Uh, yeah, there are stuff. Link in the show notes. Up. Link on Twitter once we actually get this episode out. But yeah, Shannon, Nate, in case you're at all curious why Chris is doing things that you've not heard of before, it's because this is a new class. Good to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So how are people doing health-wise now? I'm back up to 70 of 87. Up to 54. 54 of what there, Darvin? 115. Dude. Ooh, very nice. You're not going to take more? What? You think I should take more? You're only at 54 of 115? Yes. Do you want to be at half health if we hit <laughs> a problem along the road? I mean, no, I, I, but I, I don't think we're hitting the road today. I mean, unless you guys want to. I really don't. Okay. I mean, that's not to say there there couldn't be dangers. I'll just say you won't be, if you stay here, you won't be in danger unless you put yourselves in danger. That being said, if you do want to do some practice with Reistos, uh, things could hurt. <laughs> okay. So, healing aside, Arnis upstages Tonk just a little bit, but you all have a good rest here. Spend a decent amount of time here in the Duke's Lament. Having a nice drink, tending to your wounds, and learning a little bit more about Finnegan, and learning a little bit more about Reistos, and what he's up to. As this short time kind of rounds out, people have finished their drinks. If you want to have more, by all means, go ahead. You can't be 100% sure, but it seems like Morello and Mahogany may have gotten a sip from somewhere. Felicity and Parlin have been sharing a conversation over at another table. Seth has been keeping to himself, mostly reading. And Carolina and Sam also tend to their wounds and just seem to be enjoying some mm, seem to be enjoying some pre-pillow talk over at another table. Oh dear. They're not doing it in the middle of the tavern. I know that. <laughs> oh yeah. Ristos will fly back over. Lightly set a foot down in the middle of the table. So so. When do people actually want to start learning? We've got a whole field of squash outside. Hard to cause any real damage out there. We could work on healing our new Drake friend. See some uh, more of those wonderful blue scales. Maybe yeah, I, teach you how to not hurt yourself. Okay, well, I can do without the sass. Um, <laughs> but I'm definitely 
ready to start. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not. I, we're clearly not going anywhere for the rest of the day. So I'm. Um, I don't know. I only got one drink. Man. Okay. Darwin, would you like to join us? Sure. I mean, yes, please. Okay. Ristos will fly out of an open window nearby and off into the squash fields. He'll be waiting for you when you're ready. Anybody who wants to go out there and either learn how to control some divine stuff, work with some divine stuff, or just watch, certainly may. Parlin is very interested. Half stands up and they look over at your table. And if God's going to go train, they want to watch. Who's going outside? I'm go. You all can't see it, but Arnus looks terrified right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody in the tavern might be able to see it. We can't see Shannon, though. Shame. Bloody shame. It's my my favorite thing, having an audience when I'm learning how to do something new. It's totally... Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Finnegan, are you and Cyril going out there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Taking my pint with me. <laughs> so I see him pick up, pick up a pint, and I'm like, would you bring one out here for me, too? <laughs> I pick up your glass, and I go over to the bar, and I go, I'll meet you outside. Tenacious just says, just don't break him. Bring him back in one piece. I, if... if if Arnis breaks them, you know if he's good for the money. He can he can replace them. Wait, Arnis is good for the money? Aye. Arnis has got plenty of money. Finnegan, I'm trusting you. Aye, all right. She stamps another hoof, just a little ting on metal <laughs> sound there. Um, cool. Let's drink and do homework at the same time. That never goes wrong. Never. Okay. So the three of you go out. Parlin will be joining you. I'm trying to think if anybody else wants to come watch. I think Tonk wants to watch too. He's a fan enough of Aranus. He wants to see how this all works. And so will Felicity. If Parlin's getting up, that leaves Felicity no one to talk with. And then she can keep an eye on Darwin. Make sure he's not hurting himself too bad. So, you exit the Duke's Lament. Ristos is waiting about a hundred feet into this squash field. You have to walk through some vines, step over some squash before you get to him. He's just flying there in the air. Ah, nice big group. Wonderful. What shall we start with? We're going to go straight to undoing this withering. Hmm? Rubs his hands together a little bit, knowing that that's a very big ask. Or do we want to, uh, motions over to Darwin. Do we want to learn how to coax favors from our divine friends? Referring to Cade, not to Arnis. Uh, <laughs> but also, sure. Um, <laughs> motions over towards Arnis. Do we want to maybe learn how to not hurt ourselves? Make things bigger? Make things smaller? Why don't we just start with not injuring ourselves? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Darwin, I didn't see you uh, hurt yourself during that fight, but have you ever uh, had any issues with Cade? What do you mean, issues? I mean, has he hurt you? Or has his power hurt you? Um, no, but it hasn't really been, you know. Mm-hmm. I haven't been exposed to it, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, do you know any magic, Darwin? Um, my fists are magic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm. They could be more magic. I mean, do you know any spells? Do you have any magical abilities besides punch? Mm, no. Question outside of Rystos. Your, um, your fear thing, is that magical? Nice. Can't you do like something to instill fear in people? Yes. Let me check. I forget what that is, because we haven't seen that in some time. No, I f- but I feel like it does work the same way as the fear like yeah, it's a, yeah. spell. There's it's some mechanical our- overlap. I'm just curious about the, the flavor overlap. It's called Hour of Reaping as an action. Each creature then must succeed on a whiz throw or be frightened. Okay. I don't, I don't think it's magical. It's just a monk thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm like extreme intimidation yeah <laughs> i want to say you had like darkened eyes and maybe some weird veins show up when you used it last time oh that's true i went dark darvin but uh i mean that can all just be your own inner monk training it doesn't necessarily have to be magical well then darvin sounds like you may have a leg up on Arnis here you've been <laughs> using your magical fists without getting any interference from divine power. Hmm. We might need to learn how to bridge that gap there so you can use it to your benefit. But so far it hasn't been to your detriment, which is good, which is good. Arnis, on the other hand, I think if you just want to keep your magic from not hurting other people, you need to figure out how, how you do your musical magic without tapping into your divine magic. Sound fair? Uh, I, I guess... I mean, until you can learn how to use divine magic to your benefit, probably should know how to cast without it, right? You are magical without it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We need a guinea pig. Who wants to be a guinea pig? No one? We can't, we can't just use squash number two over there. I mean, I suppose we could. It's more fun with a guinea pig. We get more feedback that way. But uh, just a second. He flies up to you. He grabs onto your bloom from Brumble and just kind of speaks into it. Uh, hey, Brumble, we might be making a mess out here, just so you know. Gives it a light tug and lets go. Um, there's just a little at your chest there. Okay. Arnis, we need some magic. What do you got for us? What do you want to do to this squash? I don't really want to do anything, but, um... Any spell. It could be a cantrip. It could be a leveled spell. doesn't matter. just need magic. Um, I want to cast Fairy Fire on it. Okay. Or does that have to be a living thing? Well, I mean, I guess it is a living thing. (laughs) Ay, 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 ay. Each object within a 20-foot cube is outlined in light. So it doesn't have to be a creature. Also, I was willing to play a little loose with this portion of the uh, with this portion of class because it'll be fun. Okay, fairy fire. Since the squash is not a creature, it doesn't get a chance to save against any of this at all. Do I need to keep track of spell slots? Uh, if you're using spell slots, yes. Okay. You think Rystos is just going to top you back up? No, mm-hmm. you can't do that. I don't know. How am I supposed to know? I don't know. You're not. <laughs> um, 
No, Restos is here in a training capacity only. So he distances himself a little bit from the squash that you're targeting, pulls that book forward from his chain. He opens the book. It grows in size a little bit. Still small enough for him to hold and fly at the same time. He's flipping through the pages. All right, Arnis, shoot. And you cast your fairy fire. Arnis, roll charisma. No proficiency on this. Roll your spellcasting ability, which I know is charisma, but with no proficiency. Okay. You mean, like, just roll a d20, right? And add that? d20, add your charisma. 21. Okay, okay. For my own reference, what is your spell save, DC? 18. Just in case it comes to it. All right. What color does the squash light up? Purple. Purple. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rastos looks. He flies a little closer. All right, Darvin. Uh, do us a favor and punch that squash. <laughs> this squash that's purple? Mm-hmm. There are many of them, but... The one Arnis made purple yes. or any squash? Okay. Go ahead and punch one of those squash there. One of those glowing squash. Okay. I'm going to punch a squash. Roll an attack. Rolling an attack. Squash. I rolled a 15. Oh, sorry. Don't beat its AC. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. So, Darwin, as you punch this squash and it just gets obliterated, it flies to pieces. A swirl of purple light kind of shoots out and bathes you momentarily. Whoa. Which, in case you were wondering, is uncommon. It does not normally happen when you punch the fairy fire things. You don't get extra swirls of light from it. Oh, and I guess I should also say, Darvin, your fist is now covered in squash innards. <laughs> nice. I don't know if you want to roast up some uh, pumpkin seeds, but... <laughs> I mean, are they tasty squash? Probably. They make food and ale with it. True. So Risto says, mm, not bad, not bad. A little bit of extra divine magic in there, but nothing dangerous, it seems. <laughs> All right, Arnis. Now let's let's try to cast something with divine magic, shall we? Okay. Let's just let's just try to take something you already know how to do, and just turn on that divine valve. Just boop, add that to it. You did all right keeping it off. Let's see if you could turn it on. And then we'll try to turn it off again. Again, this can be a cantrip, could be a spell slot, whatever you want. That fairy fire can stay active as long as you hold your concentration too. I don't care. And you can totally cast it on Darwin. I'm pretty sure he can take it. Not 100% though. Does this true? Pretty sure. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, I don't want to like always be like mean to Darwin just because I'm pretty sure he can't die. Like, let's. Um... This is Ristos being indifferent. He's not saying you need a live target yet. I know. But, but I mean, let's try to, let's, let's see if we can cast Cure Wounds on Darwin. Uh, he does need to be healed a little. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Cure I'm cast, Wounds. I'm casting just... it at a level two because I don't have any level one spell slots left. All right. We're just burning through these spell slots. I love it. I love it. I love it. Pretty much. All right. Arnis. Ristos addresses you. I want you to focus. Find that divine magic. Feel it. And then just reach through it to Darvin. So, Arnis, make another charisma roll. That's about right. 
Sorry, Darvin. I got a nine. Hmm. Oh, that one was not so hot. So cure wounds at level two, what does it normally do? How many dice of which size? I mean. Uh, it's, I believe it's two D8. Okay. Do you add your spellcasting modifier? Yes. Okay. So go ahead and roll your 2d8 plus charisma. 15. All right. Now roll a d6. Three. All right. Darvin, you get 12 points of health back. Okay. Arnis, trying to channel in some divine magic, got to it, but didn't quite know how to tell it what to do. So it weakened the magic a little bit, but it was still effective. As a side note, I was avoiding negative consequences with healing during the fight because I don't want you to be scared about healing people. But since this is just a test and this is just like classroom work, I'm opening up that a little bit. But yeah, for the most part, I'm not going to do anything to make healing dangerous. Don't want you to be worried about healing your friends, please. Thank you. I didn't say it at the time, but I was just like, that's messed up if I do that. Rystos like clucks his tongue a little bit, just... Well, there was divine magic. It just it didn't do what you wanted to do. Let's try to turn that off now. Try to do something without divine magic. Let's just see if we can go from no divine, divine, no divine. So pick another spell, Arnis. Okay, I want to just cast light just on one of the pumpkins. Light. Okay. One of the ones that's not still glowing purple. Or are you going to cast it on one of those as well? Uh, sure, one of the other ones. Extra lumen. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how much extra illumination you wanted from it. All right. And you walk up to just a normal, non-glowing, mundane pumpkin. And you're going to touch it. Cause it to shed light. What color is this going to be? Uh, I don't think you can choose with light. Um, the light can be colored as you like. I'm, everything I do is usually like purple or blue. So um, let's... Let's keep all the pumpkins looking the same. Let's make it purple. Okay. And there's no, normally, there's no roll on your part for this spell. Mm -hmm. But please roll charisma again. I crit. And it is as mundane as light has ever been. <laughs> it's glowing. It just appears, like, it's glowing as if this pumpkin always glowed. It's not too bright. Like, it's not any brighter than it should be. It's not any dimmer than it should be. Rystos nods. Hmm, not bad, not bad, not bad. All right, all right. Um, Darwin kind of swoops over. Tell me something, Darwin. You and Cade, do you get along all right? Yeah, more or less. Okay, okay. But he's not really pulling his weight yet, right? I mean, not fully, no. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's see if we can talk to him a little bit. Get him to help you out. It's just a question for you, Darwin. Yes. If given the opportunity to get some divine land assistance from Cade, what is the first thing that Darwin would want? Um, more power. More power. I mean, offensive power. That's all I can... You don't want, like, skin of stone? Well, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I guess that could be cool, too. boxing gloves would look really cool. Right. That's true. Or a leg wrapped in stone. But if it's like, like, if that's what you're thinking, very easy to work with. I'm willing to give that a shot. 
Like the other basic options would probably be like defense or mobility without getting any into anything too wild. Right. Offense, defense, and versatility, I guess, would be a better Removable way of putting it. stone leg. <laughs> stone around the ghost leg? Yeah. <laughs> like a sheath leg. Mm-hmm. Like your leg's mm-hmm. supposed to be. <laughs> Before it was so rudely taken. Except made of stone. Very rude, very rude. Okay, okay. Rystos turns to Arnis. Hey, Arnis, would you like a turn at being the uh, guinea pig? Unless you want to get punched by Darwin. <laughs> I really don't want to get punched by Darwin. Okay. So, I guess so. You, don't, you do not have to be the guinea pig. He, this is more of a... He's kidding, obviously. There's plenty of pumpkins to punch. But if anybody wants to take a punch from Darwin, you can volunteer. I think Finnegan steps up. <sighs> hmm? He's had uh, some experience with sparring and training in his life, you know, being the service as he was. He steps up and goes, all right. He says, hi, Darwin, give me your best shot. And he kind of like squares up. He's not a fighter by any means, but he's like, I've, I've been in a bar brawl once or twice. I, I can hold my own. All right. Um. <laughs> being a little cocky here. All right. Darwin. Very much in character. Darwin's going to look over to Reistos like, uh, am I supposed to punch this dude? Reistos just says, sure, if you want. Uh, don't really want. Oh, come on, Darwin. What are you, a coward? Hit me. <laughs> well. Darwin, I will leave it up to you if you want to try to punch Finnegan or if you just want to punch a squash. I'm going to punch a squash. Okay. The, the question that I have for you is, do you, do you try to coax this out of Cade, or do you just try to like manifest it yourself through Cade? Mm. I'm going to try to coax it. Okay. 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 And well, first of all, roll an attack. Okay. My attack is 27. Jeez. Okay. Sure. Monk. All right. I want to say Dex is your primary stat, right, Darvin? Yes. What is your primary mental stat? Is that wisdom? Um, second. E. I mean, sort of. Yeah. Like, which one's your best mental stat? I guess. I wisdom. Ask. Yeah. Wisdom. Okay. What is that at? It's a fifteen plus two. Okay, that's not bad. It's not bad. I think until you've had more training and it becomes more instinctive. Once it gets to that point, we might be able to switch this over to Dex. But right now, this is an effort. This is coaxing magic through Cade. So roll a d20 plus wisdom. Okay. Uh, that's a five. <laughs> it was not a good roll. It was not. Cade, though, is not trying to be difficult. He's not trying to stop you from doing this. So... Was this a punch or was this a kick? This was a punch. Okay. Reaching down and punching at this squash. Cade is also not in his preferred form. He's used to having a body, a body of, you know, living land, so to speak. He's certainly not against helping you, because if he helps you, you're better able to help him. And you punch down, obliterating yet another squash, I must say. Was this one of the glowing ones? Yes. 
It's more right. fun that way. Another just huge swirl of purple light flashes around you. But unfortunately, there wasn't any extra oomph to the punch. There wasn't like all of a sudden a stone gauntlet around your hand. But when you look down, you see that the land in about a one to two foot radius, just right underneath where that squash was, had been moved out of the way. Mm. So as you punch down, Cade was trying to pull stuff together, but instead ended up pushing it out. Well, that's neat. Rysos looks and is just like, hmm. <laughs> Having a little trouble there connecting with Cade. What if... Hmm. 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 has an idea. Darwin, correct me if I'm wrong here. You're good at punching. You are not wrong. You're good at hitting things right next to you. Yes? Correct. What if something is not next? What if something is away from you? Depends on, depends on how far away. Mm-hmm. Rysos flies up in the air about 30, 40 feet. What about up here, Darvin? Dub. Nope, not up there. <laughs> Have you ever tried to punch someone up here? You mean from where I'm standing? No. <laughs> That's what he means. I have never tried, no. Good. His ability to ask questions that are, whose answers are self-evident holds. <laughs> All right. Because this is something that I think might be fun, whether you succeed or fail at it, would be useful. Um, just to give you an idea of something to play with here. Ristos stays up in the sky. says, talk to Cade. See if he can give you a boost. Okay. So I'll talk to Kate. I'll be like, hey, um, mm-hmm. can you give me a boost? I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could try, you know, in Coram's realm or even here before I died. Yeah. Making a pillar was pretty easy. Here, though, I don't know. Um, but if you want to give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. All right. Darvin. Roll d20 plus wisdom. 20 plus wisdom. 10. Better, better. We got into the double digits. Right, barely. Mm-hmm. So Cade says, all right, go ahead and just stomp on the ground where you want this to happen. Just as like a, a triggering thing. He's focusing in on like the point of your foot or the point of your ghost foot, uh, whichever leg you want to use. Okay, let's use the ghost leg. Cooler. Okay. <laughs> You stamp down. You can feel Cade trying to work through you, pushing his magic through your ghost leg. And this is not graceful, let's just say. But the ground under that foot, just barely big enough for you to stand on, shoots up in the air about 15 feet, causing you to get flung off of it with some amount of momentum. <laughs> would, would you like to make a... A swipe at Rystos, or are you just, like, saying hi up there? No, I think we're just saying hi. (laughs) Okay. I forget for you, uh, your, like, fall damage thing. What is that? One sec. I'm not finding anything. Slow fall, fourth level. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I found it. All right, what does that say? Use my reaction when I fall to reduce any fallen damage taken by an amount equal to 
five times my monk level. Jeez. What's your monk level right now? Fourteen. Did you say fourteen? Yeah. Okay. So five times fourteen is seventy. Seventy. No, falling thirty feet is not gonna deal anywhere close to seventy. So if you want to use your slow fall, you can be undamaged by this. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Do me a favor though and roll acrobatics just to see how stylishly you land. Okay. Cannot roll all of a sudden. That's a eleven. You land on your feet. I don't think this is necessarily with a flourish, but it's a solid landing. As you got shot into the air, Felicity like momentarily worried a little. <gasps> but seeing you land on your feet, she relaxes. And in your head, you hear Cade just say, Oh, sorry, Darvin. Didn't mean to do that. Was hoping to keep you with, you know, on solid footing. But, you know, it's a start, right? It's a start. Rystos flies back down. Gave me a good scare there, Darvin. Thought you might actually do it. Um, so, anybody feeling a little more confident now? No. <laughs> Darvin? A bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Arnis. Well, we can, we can work on your confidence. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Let's see. Oh, let's get to this then. Risto says, all right, well, those are, those are good starts all around. Not perfect. Nobody expects you to be. Except for maybe emotions over to Parlin, who's just taking this all in with very great interest. They knew Aranus as a god. But I, oh, Darwin has a connection to the divine too. Risto says, it's a good start. It's a good start. Aranus. Finnegan, the emotions over, brought up a very, very, very good point with Cyril. She's affected by the withering. Healing is slow. What's the best healing that you know how to do? What's the biggest healing spell you have? Uh, well, I mean, there's a question. I mean, the most healing I can do is mass cure wounds, but that's multiple people. So I think mm-hmm. probably what you mean is greater restoration. Greater restoration. Oh, I have re. Oh no, lie. I have regenerate. <laughs> Did you like just get that too? Yeah, I got mm-hmm. it this level. I was gonna say that's your. I knew you got a new healing thing at set like a seventh level spell slot, which is insane. Would you like to read us what that does? Uh, yeah. Regenerate. Uh, you touch a creature and stimulate its natural healing ability. The target regains 4d8 plus 15 hit points. Mm -hmm. For the duration of the spell, the target regains one hit point at the start of each of its turns. So Mm -hmm. like 10 hit points each minute. All right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. The target's severed body members, fingers, legs, tail, so on, if any are restored after two minutes. Um, If you have the severed part and hold it to the stump, it instantaneously causes the limb to knit to the stump. I I would say that that is your biggest healing spell then. Yeah, sorry. I forgot I had it because I just got it. Mm -hmm. And you haven't (laughs) used it yet. Yeah. But like potentially over 40 health to a single target right away and then 10 hit points a minute for an hour. Yeah. Which, I mean, 
if you ever had a friend with over 600 hit points who needed that much healing, healing, cool. I somehow <laughs> doubt that will ever be the case. But yes, very big amount of heals, plus the actual regenerate ability. All right. So do you tell Rystos about this spell? Yeah. <clears throat> it's good magic, but it could be better. Who's to say that this can't help you cure someone entirely? I think you should give it a shot. It might be premature, but if it works, Cyril, she could be hale and hearty again. And if it doesn't, at the worst, you've healed her. Okay. This is a bit of him trying to throw you into the deep end. I feel like I'm already in the deep end and I'm like half drowning. All you've done is light up some pumpkins. (laughs) You said sure? Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Rystos wants to push you. Scott does not. Because either you will get better faster or you will learn that you need more help. Both things are good to him. Okay. Okay. Before Arnis starts, Finnegan's going to hold up Finnegan and say, one second, and like get Cyril out of the harness that shrinks her down so that she's at her full size and doesn't have that limitation. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rolls and folds it up and stuffs it in his bag. I forgot that Cyril was shrunken by the harness for a moment there. Yep. Which is a very handy magic item. She's full size now. She's massive. (sighs) Medium-sized creature. Very big. Lots of bone plating. Arnis, before you're able to get up there and cast this, Parlin steps even closer. There maybe 15 feet behind you now, just watching intently. Tonk is nervously strumming his lute. Um... Felicity is just interested. She's just just watching. She wants to see how divine your healing can be. So, when you're ready, Arnis, you can go up, cast the spell, and make another charisma roll. Hey, I'm gonna walk up and then, like, really abruptly, just turn around to everybody and be like, "I need you all to go." <laughs> like. Seriously, everybody who's not Rystos, Darwin, or Finnegan, like, you gotta go. <laughs> Parlin stutters a bit, but, but, but. I'm sorry, it's nothing to do with you. I'm just feeling a lot of pressure with all the eyeballs on me, and I got you, like, I, I need them off me. <laughs> <laughs> um, roll persuasion. Oh, Jesus. People don't just do what you say, you know. Maybe they should. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's a 22 okay parlin felicity and tonk will turn and head back towards the tavern after they go in and you hear the door close if anybody is looking you can just see a row of eyes at the windows facing this side of the uh the farm <laughs> that's okay all right at your leisure can that be never yeah, but we're just going to be out here in a field for a long-ass time then. Eating some squat. As Arnis is doing this, Finnegan is taking a knee and is just kind of like petting and comforting Cyril, knowing that Cyril's currently kind of traumatized by having the withering and doesn't mm-hmm. want the creature to spook at the fact that Arnis is going to try and do something here. She appreciates the comforting. 23. Hey. Very nice. You had me worried. <laughs> Crit fail was very worrying. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Um, didn't want to jinx it. 
because I knew I would have to do something, but I don't want to be mean because I like Cyril and I want them to be well. And I want you, well, I want you and Darvin to both feel a little bit more confident in, in working with these divine powers that are around you <laughs> and within you. So first question, Finnegan, Chris, did Cyril have any hit points? Was Cyril below max hit points at all? Yeah, but like three. Okay. Arnus, go ahead and roll those 4d8 plus 15, because this is the first time you've cast the spell, and I want to hear a big number. I want us to have a good idea of just like how much this does normally before we get to the divine side. Holy crap, those are high numbers. Yeah. Oh my god. Um... <laughs> I've never seen her ha have to count in her head before. 43. <laughs> That's like veiled damage numbers there. <laughs> that was two eights and a seven. For Thank reference, it. the max is 47. So if you're yeah. dealing 43 health, that's very good. That was two eights, a seven, and a five. <laughs> Holy so, hell. Firstly, any remaining little cuts and bruises or scrapes on Cyril just heal up right away. They stand a little, little stronger. I mean, they would get another hit point every six seconds. Every, just like <laughs> every six seconds, they should he be healing more and more. They're already at max, so that's not happening. But what is happening is every six seconds, a little bit of the bone starts flaking off and receding and flaking off and receding. And it's like a it's like a wave from the tip of her tail forward, cascading over her body as the bone starts shedding, revealing healthy Drake underneath. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash skyrenpodcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Paul Calicott, Phoenix Bryan, and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. As always, thanks to Daryl Barnes for creating our theme music. You can find them on Twitter at Daryl Barnes underscore. We also want to thank the talented at Gabby underscore Desu on Twitter for our fantastic podcast art. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.
In a world headed for disaster, five strangers with mysterious pasts are thrown together by the winds of fate to try to stop the unseen forces that threaten to destroy their world. Join Creval, a dragonborn with no memory and no past, who is the first of the barbarians of the mountains to be seen in a thousand years. Cotter, a penniless paladin, running from something or someone in his past. No one, the only tiefling monk the kingdom has ever seen, who has been expelled from his monastery for reasons he has not revealed. Adri, his monastic companion who hides some deep dark secret she cannot reveal. And Arlen, once a simple farmer, until some mysterious event manifested sorcerous powers in him. They must travel the length and breadth of the kingdom of Faro, searching for the disparate clues that will help them unravel the mystery of the failing of their land, while trying to hold together the unraveling threads of society's weave threatening to come apart at any moment. They will have to battle nature, plague, politics, and even the forces of the underworld as they attempt to discover and defeat whoever, or whatever, is attempting to poison their world and throw it into chaos. Relic of the Past is a novel-length story told via a clean, custom, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons game. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are found, and at poolmedia.podbean.com.